Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. All right, fight fans, we are live on this Friday afternoon, December 4th, 2020. Man, it just feels good to say December after this crazy year, but we're here. The UFC has three more events left here in 2020. The first of the trio goes down tomorrow night at the Apex UFC Vegas 16. And there's been a lot of shuffling of the deck, so to speak, in regards to the main event at 185 pounds. But now it'll be Jack Hermanson taking on Marvin Vittori, a really interesting matchup. We're going to talk all about it with all of you as we welcome you to the UFC Vegas 16 preview show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck, being joined by the Prince of Positivity, Alex K. Lee. There he is, producer extraordinaire, E. Casey Lydon, back from a brief vacay. Hello, sir. And uh, we're also being joined by a very special guest, one of the voices of the UFC, the voice of Dana White's Contender Series, fellow Massachusetts guy. He is the great Brendan Fitzgerald. Welcome to the preview show, sir. How are you? Thank you, Mike. How are you guys doing? Happy to be with you. It is great to have you here, Brendan. Since you are the special guest, mm-hmm. we will kick things off with you because the main event tomorrow night <laughs> is going to feature Jack Manson. Jack Ramsey was originally slated to fight Darren Till. Then it was Kevin Holland. And then six days ago, we found out that Holland tested positive for COVID-19. And now Hermance is going to fight Marvin Vittori, a guy who has just been itching for an opportunity like this for a little while now. It's clear that Darren Till was the biggest name of the three. Holland was a really intriguing matchup. But now with Vittori stepping in, give us your thoughts on the main event, along with Hermanson's sort of bring it on mentality here. Yeah, well, <clears throat> the bring it on mentality is uh I think that's served fighters this year better than in any other year. You see guys that have turned it around in a few weeks time or a month or Kevin Holland got four fights in the span of like 3 months, you know. There's no other time even if you want to stay busy, there's no other time in my few years that anybody's been able to do that. So the bring it on thing is good and it's all thumbs up, but uh, the opportunity was with Jack Hermanson to try to build his name right off of Darren Till and the the star that he is. And then we've seen this in other fights too this year where the opportunity, the, the higher ceiling, if you will, then shifts to the other side. All of a sudden, Marvin Vittori is fighting a guy in the top five. Not to say he doesn't deserve it, just that he obviously wasn't expecting an opportunity like that this soon. And uh, man, he's been really good every time in if he can win this one and he talks a lot of trash and he gets in your face he's he's good for the cameras in terms of the optics of the fight game at stare downs and and weigh-ins and and all that other stuff so uh you know big one for marvin vittori all europe in the main event and uh speaks volumes that they have uh vittori as the favorite here albeit slightly but uh i think it's a great matchup I agree. AK, what do you think? Because Vittori moves up a week. He was supposed to fight Jacare at UFC 256. He and Kevin Holland pull the old switcheroo. In your opinion, AK, is is this fight more intriguing, less intriguing than the Hermanson-Holland fight? What do you think? Uh, I think in a way, I'll, I'll say in a way a bit more intriguing because I do think a lot of people have been eager to see Vittori fight again and to get a higher ranked opponent because there was a while there, you know, who's calling out like Chris Weidman, obviously trying to, you know, find a name find a way that, that he could creep up a different way. But now to just be handed, I shouldn't say handed, but now to be snatching the opportunity to face a, a top five guy is huge. I think Brendan raises a really good point as far as, you know, we, we can we can be sometimes critical of uh, of the, the decisions that fighters make when they're like, they fight, oh, I'm going to take this fight on a week's notice. I'm going to take this fight on three weeks notice. And sometimes we'll say, like, oh, is this really good for this guy's career? Shouldn't he be, you know, be more strategic? He's coming off two straight wins or what have you. But this year, he's absolutely right. I mean, we're... 
mentioning Holland, we're talking about him as possibly the fighter of the year, um, depending how his next fight goes, right? Uh, uh, later this month. And you wouldn't have thought that was possible at the beginning of the year. If you had said Kevin Holland was a, was in the, a front runner for fight of the year, everyone would have said you're out to lunch. How is that even possible? But he's made the most of these circumstances. And now Vittori's doing the same thing. If, if you had said beginning of the year, Vittori could be putting himself on the short list uh, for a potential title shot. And, and make no mistake about it, if he beats Hermanson, that is what's going to happen. He's in the top five. When you're in that top five, all you need is a bit of luck and you know maybe some bad luck from, for, uh, to befall your peers uh, for, for yourself to, to get a title shot out of nowhere. So if he, 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 he's snatching this opportunity. We wouldn't. We didn't see it coming. And uh, yeah, for Hermanson, you know, it's a great, it's a great fight, just uh, entertainment wise, and also to prove that he belongs in the top five. But really, for Vittori, boy, he has so much to gain from this. And uh, yeah, there's really no begrudging any fighters jumping on short notice opportunities this year. Casey, like like the two other gentlemen stated, Vittori, you know, mm-hmm. despite kind of going in there with with a lot to gain and you know some to lose, he he has a little bit of pressure on him because he's been screaming at the rooftops for a top 10 guy. Now he gets a top five guy. It's time to put your money where your mouth is. But I certainly feel like the lion's share of the pressure is still on Jack Hermanson. Much more to gain for Vittori, certainly. But should Hermanson get a win, which the odds makers, as Brendan sort of alluded to, they have Vittori as a minus 140 favorite as of right now. Where does Hermanson go from here? Does this do much for him in terms of getting closer to a title shot? Uh, not really. <laughs> Unfortunately, I just don't think I, I think the the lines kind of prove w- what we're kind of thinking about Hermanson in the sense that even though he is top five, he does he just doesn't seem to get the respect from the fans. Still, I mean, was was um, Batori was he a favorite over Jacare? Probably. I don't think that line was out yet. Oh, that line wasn't out yet. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, probably. So, what, what what would you think? Would you think he'll be a favorite against Jacare? You, you, yeah. So so I would think so. Okay, so I, I guess just we just have I guess most fans and media just feel Vittori just needs this he just needs an opportunity I guess to face a higher ranked opponent. Um, but back to your question is like um, what does this do for Hermanson for victory? Not too much, even even though he's considered an underdog coming in the fight, which I think is I think is weird. I mean, I actually have I think I I mean we'll talk about it later, but I think Hermanson's really good. But um, yeah, very dangerous fight for Hermanson, but. You can't really pass it up either, just because considering he just doesn't have, I don't know, just even though he's high ranked, people don't feel he's a title contender yet. What do you think is at stake here for Hermanson, AK? I mean, we talked about Vittori. If he wins this fight, he's, like you said, he's he's right there. He's in the conversation, at least, for a title shot. He's probably still needs another win or two to get there. But if Hermanson goes out there and, let's say, he submits Vittori in the, in, in the first three rounds, where does he go from here? It's so tough to say, especially uh, given, you know, we don't know exactly what's going on with Israel at this year. Obviously, the plan is for him to go up and fight Jan Blachowicz. Uh, so should that happen, then at least the rest of the middleweights kind of in this, uh, this limbo, which se- several of them have, have discussed already. Uh, plus, Robert Whitaker being the number one contender, but making it clear he doesn't plan to fight until a, a bit later in uh, in 2021. You know, he has, he has another child on the way. Under- understandable. But again, Making things a bit uh, a bit murky for everyone. Uh, Paul Acosta has been lobbying for a rematch ever since that uh, that unfortunate loss to uh, to Adesanya. So uh, again, I, I don't downplay the importance of just of just for lack of a better term, treading water. I think holding on to the spot is very important because again, depending on everything else shakes out, maybe Whitaker, you know, he comes back, but also I, or he decides to take a longer break or suffers a minor injury that keeps him out. Suddenly, Hermanson is right there in that top five to again either face uh, Adesanya if, if he decides to come back and, and defend his title soon uh, after that light heavyweight title fight, if that even happens, or the dreaded uh, interim title fight happens. You've got to get two names at 185, uh, and Hermanson could easily be one of them, uh, especially, like you said, with an, with an impressive win over Torrey. So, so I do not downplay the importance of Saturday's fight for him at all. Brandon, if Marvin Vittori wins... And Kevin Holland. Hold wins. on, hold on. I just want to piggyback okay. on the Hermanson thing real quick. Sure, sure. So, like, at, at stake is not much in terms of rankings. He's fighting down in the rankings. But you look at the top five. If he's gonna, if Whitaker's gonna be on the shelf, if Costa is not rushing to get back, he already fought Cannoneer at three. So Hermanson's sitting there. Like, if he doesn't take this fight, then what does he do? Just sit on the shelf then and try to wait for one of those guys, and then also kind of screw over the UFC in terms of a main event. So then they don't want to do him any favors. You know, it's just it's you're put in a position where sometimes it's good to hold your spot like that. Get some equity with the company. Prove that you do belong. Prove that the levels are different. Right. Anthony Smith fought Devin Clark. He got him out of there in two minutes. 
right? He fought, he was six. He fought out of the rankings and he was like, cool. And then he took care of his business in a major way and then got him out of there. So with Hermanson, I think you're looking at that factor too, where it's not like he can just, no, I'm not going to take this one and I'll get till in February in a main event. It's like that, that, that's not how it works either. So I think, you know, for him, it's still a good test too. You know, it's still, it's still a really good test. All right, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to go ahead. <laughs> is, is, yeah. is, is this for Manson's first main event? No, he fought. No. Uh, oh, okay. He has Cannoneer. Yeah. Okay. Cannoneer, okay. Jacare, too. Oh, and he fought Jacare. Jacare oh, as well. Okay. I'm yeah. Sorry. But yeah, I think I think what Brendan's, I, I, well, I don't think he's going to put it this way, but, and I hate to turn this to a, into a verb, but I don't think anyone wants to be Leon Edwards did at this point. If you guys know what I mean. Like, for. Poor Leon Edwards, again, you know, went from so many opportunities. He's, he's on this huge win streak and had all these opportunities in front of him. And they just fell apart for, for reasons outside of his control. And suddenly he exits, he enters 2021 just in this completely nebulous state. Is, is he viewed as a contender by the UFC? We don't know. So I, I think that's sort of, sort of the point as well that, that yeah, Hermans, you, you cannot say no. You cannot be picky. You have to stay busy. You have to stay in the public eye. You have to keep winning. Even a loss, I think just staying active and fighting guys at Vittori uh, is important. So yes, you just don't want to be put in that that uh, that unfortunate corner that Leon Edwards found himself in uh, this year. Well, sometimes yeah, you can choose to sit out, like Leon has in some regard. Leon, you know, mm-hmm. obviously COVID happens the week before his fight against Woodley. All that sort of stuff happens. But there are some fighters too that choose to stay on the shelf. But then they look back eighteen months later and they're like, man, mm-hmm. what if I what if I took this opportunity and this? Meanwhile, you look at mm-hmm. Kevin Holland who of course, was lined up for this main event. And it's because he always said yes and then backed it up. You know, so if you truly think you can back it up, it behooves you to say yes, prove it. And then the and the money gets bigger and the opportunities get bigger and you build your star with the fans too. You know, and that, that equity goes a long way. But you also don't want to be Jojo Calderwood and take a short notice fight against someone like Maya. And then, sure. so, and I, I completely- I Yeah, completely- but Jojo now also is owed a favor. She knows it. They know it. And Dana had mm-hmm. good things to say. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. I'm just, yeah, She's I not going to have to do a lot to yeah. get that title shot. Yeah. Back, right. I think I think just turning it down completely is would have been the wouldn't have been a good career choice. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's tricky to do that. Yeah. That video of him getting the phone call that Holland was out and that he was getting a new opponent. He just took it all in stride. It was amazing. It's absolutely amazing. If you told me, and then, and then when they faced off today, if you told me that Marvin Vittori would be the one smiling and Jack Hermanson would be the one kind of mean mugging, probably wouldn't have believed you, but that's what we mm-hmm. saw, which made things a lot more interesting. Brennan, I, I just want to get your take on this real quick. If Marvin Vittori wins tomorrow night and Kevin Holland beats Jacare, which guy are we looking at as kind of like the man to watch at 185. Are we looking more at Vittori or are we taking Holland's overall 5-0 and resume into account and we're, we're looking at him as the guy with the higher ceiling? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't hate matching both of those guys up themselves. Like, I'm looking back at uh, Vittori's, you know, resume. Like, the biggest thing on his resume might be the split decision against Adesanya, who's just mowing through people on his way to the top. And he goes split decision all three rounds with him. Um, I don't know if you can separate them because now Joaquin Buckley looks uh, a lot different than he used to, you know. And after Kevin Holland beat him, it's like, oh, maybe he actually did beat somebody. And man, yeah, I mean, I think each of them is just waiting for that bigger name, that proven top fifteen guy. They haven't beaten that guy yet, you know. But they're but they're right there. They certainly each have their opportunities. To you know, Jacare is not in the top fifteen right now, but he's he's got a resume that speaks for itself. So, if they both win, I think you match them both up, right, and maybe see who really belongs up there. That might be a good one. I'll tell you who would love that more than anybody, Kevin Holland. He's been anchoring for that fight for a while. I spoke to Kevin Holland the other day. He actually lo- go back and, and watch that interview if you're if you're listening right now because he actually prefers the Jacare fight because he feels that if he went in and beat Hermanson he's becomes a main event guy then he can't jump in and take short notice fights anymore so he's actually happy with he's happier with the jacare fight so he still for a little while longer can as he said have some fun in there which is hilarious now brennan i'm not going to ask for your pick i'm not going to put you in that position but ak i will ask for yours who gets it done in the main event tomorrow night Boy, I like Jack Hermanson so much, you know, and uh, and I have a I think I have a bad habit lately of going against experienced people. 
at least I certainly did last week. I, I, I was on the Devin Clark train. I, I thought it was his time to kind of uh, make that jump up. But of course, Anthony Smith, much more, much more experience, took care of business, great fighter. Uh, so uh, having said that, of course, I'm doing it again, Mike. And once again, going with the uh, lesser experienced <laughs> fighter. Uh, as you know, I, I like to double down. You know, that's what they call Alex Double Downley. That's what they call me. And uh, so I am going to go Vittori. Um, is it going to go? No, I don't think it's going to go to a decision. I, th- I think Vittori will finish him, let's say, sometime in the third round. That's, this, is, this, is the, uh, this is the amount of thought I've put into this. But let's go with Vittori. All right. Casey, what do you think? Oh, I'm going for Manson. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Manson is very good. I think Manson is a legitimate top five middleweight. Uh, I think he's reaching his prime. And um, while I enjoy um, Martin um, Vittori, enjoy his um, his trash talk and just basically just kind of throwing anything out there and see what sticks. Um, you know, that's fun for easy articles and things like that. But I just think Manson is a better fighter, and I think he will submit him early in the second round. It's a really interesting matchup. I mean, Vittori could absolutely go in there and get a win. I think he's got the skills, the stand-up to get it done. Here's the thing. At some point, Hermanson is going to get this fight to the ground. It's just going to happen. But how is Vittori going to respond? Because, yes, Vittori got the finish over Carl Roberson, but he was in a tough spot at one point. Roberson had his back, almost slapped on a rear naked choke. And if Jack Hermanson gets in that position, he's not going to miss. So, if Hermanson can get him down and Vittori can get right back up quickly, that's going to be a huge confidence booster for him. But going off my gut like I typically do hasn't failed me too, too much. I'll go with my gut. I'll go with strategy. I kind of look at this thing when I make picks like I have actual money and supplemental income like I would bet it, even though I don't. Hermanson at dog body just seems too good to pass up. And I'm not going to actually physically bet on this, but if I did, I just, I, I can't ignore that. So give me Hermanson, no clue how. I just think he gets it done. Huge opportunity for Marvin Vittori for sure. We're going to get to the to the listener questions in, in, in a moment. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Well, let's touch on the main in the on the co-main event quickly because we did have one hiccup on the scale. And surprisingly, it was Ovin St. Prue, who was the first, one of the first to actually step on the scale, and he missed by a pound and a half. First time he's missed weight ahead of his fight against Jamal Hill who's now going to get 20% of OSP first. So, Brendan, this is one of those prospect versus vet matchups that we're always so intrigued by, right? You called Jamal Hill's Contender Series win. I think you called his other two fights as well. Yeah. And OSP been at this thing for a long, long time. He's coming off one of the kind of forgotten but really brutal knockouts of the year against Alonzo Menafield. But there is a lot of buzz around Jamal Hill right now, Contender Series alum, 8-0. Hill is the favorite. He's as high as a minus 185 on some books right now. Are you surprised that he's 
one just favored here. And what do you what do you think of the matchmaking at at the points of the career for these guys? Yeah, I mean, I like it because you got to OSP wants to still fight, and he's fought a ton of guys, so th that limits who you can put him against. You don't want to just do a bunch of OSP rematches if if you can help it, and so. It, he does make a lot of sense as the guy to put against contender series up-and-comers or just prospects in general to see if they can truly hang because OSP is still a really good fighter. Like, he's proven that, and he's shut down a bunch of guys. He's shut down the prospects. So if you're a prospect that can go then beat him, Dominic Reyes, for instance, right, looked really impressive against OSP, and it's like, okay, he's for real. And Jamal Hill has beaten, you know, Darko Stozic and then Klitson Abreu. So he's looking for a name. Like, he's... What is he, 8-0? Uh, yeah. 7-0? Oh, oh, that was a no contest because of the weed. Overturned, so, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, a, it's a victory. Like he's, <laughs> he's young in his career, and he's looking for a name because everybody who he's beaten so far has not been a name that people are going to be impressed by. Um, I don't want to say I've underestimated Jamal Hill each time, but I'm just surprised at how good he's looked. Even in the Stosic fight, when he went to a decision, he still looked really good, like just dominated that whole fight. And then like the knockout in the first round, the knockout in the second round on Contender Series, I was I was wary of how uh, good he would be at this point of his career because of the experience, but he's proven that wrong. So I guess I'm surprised he's a favorite again over a, a guy like OSP who's been doing it for a long time. But Jamal Hill as motivated as ever and OSP stepping on the scale two pounds heavy at three minutes after the weigh-in window opens. I don't know if you can draw from that or not, but um, you know, this is a good this is a good test for Hill. AK Ovense Pru, I, I spoke with him like right before the Alonzo Menafield fight, and he feels like it's the dawn of a new era, 205, with John Jones expected to jump up to heavyweight, opens things up a little bit. He feels a little bit better about things. Of course, it sucks that he missed weight, but then you have Jamal Hill who's getting, as Brendan said, this big chance to have a, a coming out party here. We haven't had a giant sample size of Jamal Hill yet, but is he a guy, in your opinion, that you think to yourself, this guy is top 10, maybe even top five potential? Like, how high do you think this man's ceiling is right now? Oh, boy. Uh, again, I, I'm, I'm pretty measured with these things. I, I'm always hesitant to overhype anyone. As anyone who's ever heard, as anyone who's heard me talk about Hamza Shamayev in any of our shows, uh, <laughs> you know, during this year, I've been, I've been the wet blanket a little bit when it comes to sort of building people. So I think Jamal is hellaciously talented. I think anyone who's seen his fights can, can tell you that. Again, I know Brendan's got a closer look than the rest of us, so can de definitely attest to that. But uh, I really see this as a as just a bridge too far at this point in his career. Um, it is... I know it sounds like I'm doing the opposite of the Vittori uh, Hermanson pick, but I just... We're talking about... Uh, this will be his third UFC fight versus uh, St. Peru's 22nd at light heavyweight. Uh, that's crazy. That's a huge, huge jump. Now, talent and, and youth certainly... Uh, in, in in the combat sports, it can it can close a lot of that experience gap. I I understand that, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who'll be looking at this as uh, Saint Pru almost being maybe being fed um, to a prospect that the UFC likes. I don't view it that way. Uh, I think Saint Pru is, is still such a, a strong, legitimate test. He is uh, I think still ranked. I think I believe he's 15 uh, in the UFC's official rankings. So and you know light heavyweight, maybe not the deepest division, but that still means something. Um, so I I don't know if Hill's ready is Hill is ready for this challenge yet. So. Saying that, uh, I don't know how highly I can I can predict that you know that I feel like he's going to be a future top ten guy. Uh, don't know about that yet. I, I want to see how he reacts to this fight. Not not just not necessarily how he wins or loses, but his performance and, and how he reacts to the results. Particularly if it doesn't go in his favor, that that kind of would tell me a lot about his future uh, as a contender at two hundred and five pounds. We want to get to the questions. So, AK, is that your pick? You're picking OSP here. I'm picking OSP. And by the way, uh, just for anyone out there, it's crazy. He missed. That's the first time he's missed weight. Uh, this is twenty second uh, appearance at two hundred five pounds. First time he missed weight. So, I, I think he's excused. COVID nineteen has thrown everything to chaos. I'm just going to mad to mention that. But yeah, I, I'm going to go with OSP. I think. Casey, who do you got here? You got the the wily veteran or the the surging prospect in the co-main event? Uh, I'm going. For, I'm going surging prospect. Uh, I like Jamal Hill. Uh, I I don't. I can't answer. I don't know if he's a top five, top ten guy eventually. But um, but I, I I more than anything, I just like this matchmaking. I love I love prospect versus vet. I love the placement in the card, the co-main event on a fight night card. This is just a there's no real there's no real deep storyline on this fight. It's just can OSP stay relevant 
or is Jamal Hill a new contender? And um, I think he's I I think he's very good. Um, I think OSP missing weight, especially at 9 a.m. by a pound and a half, that's just odd. It just doesn't make sense, really. Um, especially because it was only a pound and a half. But um, you know, there must be something to that story. We'll find out eventually. But um, I think this is Jamal Hill's night, and um, we'll see. And I'm ex- I'm excited. Actually, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited about fresh faces at one at two five. Yeah, I uh, I'm pretty high on Jamal Hill. It's not just the power that the man possesses in his hands and his feet, but he puts out so much volume. It's crazy. He's always moving. He's always throwing from all angles and every limb in his body. And, you know, OSP certainly has the ability to get this fight to the floor and do what he does. And sort of similar to the Vittori Hermanson fight. If OSP gets him down and gets on top of him, how is he going to react to that? If he can get back up to his feet, it could be a long night for OSP, but OSP could certainly start, start Von Pruing dudes and, We'll see what happens. So if Hill doesn't mind his P's and Q's, you know, that is a strong possibility. But I think Jamal Hill is ready for this moment. I, I think he sends a strong message to everyone at 205, and I think he picks up the biggest one of his career. I don't know if he gets a finish, but I do think he gets it done. But uh, interesting main card, a six-fight main card, AK. I know that gets you excited. We got Gabriel Benitez. East- <laughs> 10 p.m. ET start time. Woo! Oh, it's one yes. of those. Oh, Woo! Dang. Post, post-fight post show around 2 a.m., ladies and gentlemen. So set your alarm clock. So we got Benitez versus Janes. That should be a banger at 55. We got Montana De La Rosa versus uh, Tylus Santos. Roman Delize versus John Allen. That's going to be a crazy fight at 205. And then a fight years in the making. Nate Landwehr versus Mavzar Ivalev. That's going to kick things off. 10 p.m. Eastern main card. Six fights. AK, all the feels. But, uh, Casey, let's go to the peeps. Ready Let's see what's on their mind. All right, uh, ahead of this, uh, ahead of this fun card tomorrow. One second. <laughs> what is Alex Kaylee's middle name? Please tell me it's Alex Kevin Lee. I don't even know the uh, answer no, to this question. We're no, best Kevin, friends. Ke- Kevin Lee is my cousin, obviously, as is uh, Andrea Lee. So it's a, it's always a hell of a gathering we get together. No, the K stands for uh, quality. Uh, especially when it comes to spelling. So there you go. Alex quality Lee. <laughs> there you go. Is that K K U or K W? Uh, it's K it's actually K I E U W. It's it's I'll, I'll, I'll send it out later to people. I'll tweet it out later. Don't worry about it. It's, it's I don't okay. there's an accent in there um, as well. Yeah. Alex button your top button like a professional from that's not a question. Later. That's not a question. I don't I have any my top button either. Come on. Yeah, get yeah. out of here. Get this get this troll out of here. <laughs> that does look sharp. That does look pretty sharp. Thank you. All right. Well, so we got that. any 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 real questions? <laughs> honestly, honestly. <clears throat> oh, where oh, I just lost it. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Ooh. Uh, Prince Vegeta son, how will Vittori's age and last performance that was underwhelming play into this fight? By the way, that pronunciation of Vegeta is, is that pronunciation of Vegeta is going to make uh Jose Young's go insane. <laughs> but go I don't have the spelling and the pronunciation quality as uh uh-huh. Alex Quality Lee over here, but uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Do, you, do you think Brandon, do you think Vittori's age factors into this fight at all? Uh, 27. Vittori's age. I don't yeah, think so. He, no, I mean, yeah, he's like can, just that right level of been in the fight game for a while, hasn't taken too much damage. His last performance was, I thought, didn't he, didn't he get yeah, a bonus? He, didn't he tap him out in the first round? Yeah, after, it was Robertson, right? Yeah, after all that yeah. after all that beef they had and the fallouts and everything. Yeah. He yeah, struggled early. early. I mean, what's early? The first minute? I mean, I don't know. When you get into the feel the fight and there's you know a lot of heat on it because of what happened in jacksonville and all that stuff it's like he's just an he's an aggressive fighter um so maybe his aggression like put him in some situations but if you can get into trouble and then fight your way out of it and then tap a guy out and get a bonus uh i don't i never view that as like like i don't know i don't view it as a as a down if you get yourself into trouble you get out of it and you finish somebody especially if you do it all within the span of a round that to me is more impressive, you know, like, yeah, the fight game happens. You get 
you get put in a bad position or you get hit real hard and you're able to recover and then you finish another guy. You know, like Dariush against Drakkar Close. Would you be like, oh, it's pretty underwhelming against Drakkar Close in that second round because he got hit? It's like, no, took the shot, punched him back, and then he knocked him out. And it's like one of the knockouts of the year. So uh, I, I would say all things good for Marvin Vittori based on what we've seen recently. Yeah, I agree. I think I think fighting through adversity is a positive, you know, especially in a, a competitive matchup. I mean, I don't think we we when we saw, you know, Izzy getting hurt by Kelvin Gastelum, we go, man, that Izzy guy. He really that was really yeah, a lackluster a fight there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I I I, can't, I understand maybe what the uh, the commenter is asking, but uh, I I think that's looking at it very uh, glass half full. <laughs> I mean, sorry, half half empty. Yeah, it's very, it's very negative view on a to me a, po- a positive performance. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think people. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was just gonna say maybe he means just kind of what we were talking about earlier, like you know, first big name, like you finally got there. You know, it's it, it, it's a big jump from you know fighting Carl Roberson to fighting the number four guy in the world. So maybe that's maybe the experience level with the age and. Maybe that's what he means. I don't know, AK. What, what was your sort of interpretation of that? I think people sometimes forget that the the the, the like the best champions, you know, the all time greats that we look at, like George St. Pierre, like Andrew Silva. Some of their most memorable fights uh, and performances, and the reasons we we lionize them so much, is because of performances where they face adversity, Mi- mixed in, of course, with the, the dominant highlights, the fights where they completely like handled people and embarrassed them. But I mean, Andrew Silva, guys, people his most famous fight. Everyone's going to say Chisona. I mean, that's and that is the one he struggled the most. And, and then pulled out the win at the last second. And that, that is what I, I would assume, I can't speak for everyone, that most people point to as like, this is what makes a great champion. Not just the highlights, but boy, coming back and, and sticking in it for five rounds. So, uh, but I, 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 it, it is something you sort of mentioned earlier, Mike, where uh, if, if he can't, if he, he might've gotten away with some of the mistakes he made against uh, Roberson, but that might not be uh, such a good idea to to play if things play out the same way against Hermanson. So perhaps it's kind of where the root of that question comes from, and where where maybe uh, uh, Kevin Holland, I think, has kind of said these things about Vittori as well. Like, oh, you know, I wasn't impressed by the Roberson fight, but I agree. I think it's best to look at at glass half full, be optimistic, and take the positives from coming back from from such a tough situation and getting a first round finish and a performance tonight bonus. Real quick, has has Vittori been impressed of anything? <laughs> <laughs> is Israel Adesanya maybe on his way to becoming the greatest middleweight ever? Not impressed. And like it's just like <laughs> I I get I get his you know his attitude, but like man, every every fighter sucks according to Vittori. You know how how the cool kids are these days, Casey. Brendan, you're you're what? Brendan, you're 27, right? I mean, you know how it is. You kids aren't you kids you kids aren't impressed by anything these days, right? Like everything you just got everything so cool, right? <laughs> Is that to me? I'm definitely not 27. Uh, I was going to say, oh, yeah, you could have fooled me. I was going to say, I, I think most people would have assumed. <laughs> Ooh, one of my, this is my favorite kind of question. Is there a fight on this card that could be considered a sleeper fight? What I mean is a fight that is good, but it's getting much coverage, but I'm, I'm assuming isn't getting much coverage at all outside of the main and co-main. There's a lot on this card. AK, I'll start there with is. you. What's your what's your what's your under the radar fight on this card? It is the Evloev Landwehr fight under the radar? I'm not sure it is. Like, are we are we going to specifically say prelims or just anything that's not like main and co-main? Because it would be the Landwehr Evloev fight. I mean, this is essentially uh, the uh, the M1 Global uh, featherweight championship bout that never happened. Um, Landwehr, if anyone. I believe you can find a lot of his fights are free on YouTube, his M1 global fights, find some of his title defenses. He was just putting on, he's shown glimpses of it in the UFC. The fight with Darren Hawkins was amazing. Uh, but when he was an M1, he was just putting on great, these awesome back and forth battles. And uh, Evloev was kind of the guy who was also kind of coming up. It looked like it would be inevitable they would fight, but of course they eventually um, both made their way to the UFC. So we're kind of getting that fight now. So that for me is like really highly anticipated. I think people who kind of keep up with um, sort of the more international you know, aspect of MMA is also super excited about it. So I, I do, I do think it qualifies though as under the radar, probably for a lot of you know maybe the casual ESPN viewers. So uh, I'll tell people that that is an ideal main card opener. I might complain about six fight main cards, but if you're going to have to uh, start off a six fight main card, that's a that's a really good one to start off with. Which one uh, are you looking at, Brendan? That isn't getting the love that it should be getting. So that one, that one is you know I would say the one that you would circle. 
I'm surprised that Yevloyev is a minus six thirty favorite. It's the biggest favorite. Right. On the minus six thirty. Six thirty. Yeah. Goodness that me. That kind of surprises me. Um, the other one I'll say is well, there's two, but the, um, where is it? Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Benitez, Justin Janes. I think it's just a really fun fight that yeah. nobody's going to be talking about before the night starts, but it might win fight of the night at the end. And then Cody Jordan and Jimmy Flick, I think, is a great fight, too. Uh, and that one's really early in the night. So those are my two prelims that I'll say are, uh, you know, your fight of the night candidates based on but who, who you have there. And um, the lines are a bit closer with that one. I would have said, you know, definitely the Landwehr fight, but I'm surprised that that line is so big. Uh, I just love Nate Landwehr. I, mean, I just love everything <laughs> about him. Um, so, uh, I'm always, you know, looking forward to him fighting and then you never know what he's going to say on the mic. He's one of those guys. So those are, those are the other uh, ones I'll give out. Yeah. I think, I think, I think Delizze and Allen is going to be crazy. Those two are just going to sling leather until somebody falls. I'm very excited to see, uh, Aliyah Taporia back in the octagon. He's got a, mm. he's got a test with Damon Jackson and, Taporia is just I I I his ceiling is so high in my opinion at 145. That fight against Yusuf Salah was so fun, and he just looked amazing in that fight. So that's a guy like if there's an under the radar fighter, I would say Taporia is probably at the top of my list. I'm really excited to see how he follows that up. Casey, what what do you got? Oh, it's easy. John Vellante versus Jake Collier. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! When I saw when I saw the weigh-in photos of John Vellante. He is embracing going to heavyweight. Good lord! <laughs> it's like so, and, and the fact that this is the opening fight in the card, and it's in the small cage, and and why why I love high level mixed martial arts, I'm just kind of hoping after about 45 seconds they're gassed and just sweaty and just like I just hope it's just a slobber knocker for about 14 and a half minutes, and then someone gets knocked out. But uh, I <laughs> I'm just um. I love ridiculous fights like that. I, I, I just, I'm a big John Vellante fan, and um, just uh, I just love how about 10 seconds in every fight he looks exhausted, but he's still swinging and everything. So as far as, yeah. I mean, yeah, there are better fights on the card, you know, whatever, but that's the fight to watch. So show up, show up early, kids. Show up early. <laughs> We're going to see Matt Wyman fight tomorrow night against Jordan Levitt. That, that, that one intrigues me. I'm intrigued by that one. What else we got? All right. Uh, Joseph Boza always coming through with the questions. Yeah. That Joey Bosa watches your show. <laughs> <laughs> the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Uh, shouldn't Lewis Smolka be higher up on the card? What's interesting, uh, Dean, is I-, I looked at the card maybe yesterday, as early as yesterday, or maybe Wednesday. Lewis Smolka versus Quinones was supposed to be the first fight of the night, and then they pulled the whole switcheroo, and now he's the featured prelim. So I think it's a pretty good spot for him. I, I-, I like that being there. It's not the first fight of the night anymore. And by the way, Smolka made the weight, was under the was under 135, 134 and a half. So it looks like he's got that part behind him. And then he's gonna fight, you know, Quinones looking to bounce back. Both those guys looking to bounce back from first round finishes. So I think it's a pretty good spot for him. I, I wouldn't feel like disrespected if I was them. Anybody think that should be higher up? I think it's in a pretty good spot. Uh you know, Mike, normally I'm so oh sorry, Brendan, go ahead. No, I, I agree with Mike. I don't uh yeah, it feels about right. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, norm- normally, I'm someone who who rails about like how important it is to be on the main card versus the prelims. But for a card like this, where I believe it's all on ESPN two and ESPN plus, so it's almost just like one straight broadcast. I don't even know how. Much, honest, I don't outside of main and co-main. I'm not sure how much card placement matters. Uh, and frankly, being on earlier might be better um, because it's you know cards are so long. I plan to watch the whole card. 
you're probably more likely to watch the first five prelims, um, maybe take some sort of break during the main card. I'm not sure when. Um, and then and then come back from the main and co-main. So you wouldn't want Smoka and, and Quinones to be in that spot. Opener is always good, of course. As we said, we thought that it was going to be the opener. But um, no, it's uh, I, I don't think it says anything of either guy. Maybe a little slap on the wrist for Smoka for uh, for missing weight last time. I don't know. Um, but that's just speculation. I don't have any. I'm just, I'm just gossiping. I'm just creating headlines. Uh, so yeah, yeah, no, nothing official there. But no, it's not a bad spot to be. They, they do like to tout the featured prelim. So it's it's not. Um, so it's good. It's a good. It's a good spot. And it's going to be a great fight. Yep. Looking forward to it. Um, well, we're getting questions on other cards. I'm trying to I'm trying to stick everyone to this card, but um, there there doesn't seem there there doesn't seem to be too much interest in this card. Do you want to take anything from any other cards? Listen, we got we got Brendan. <laughs> yeah, of course, we got Brendan here. Bring any questions, man. Of uh, course, yeah, we can take we, we can take a few fun ones. All right, all right. yeah, I know. People are liking John Vellante heavyweight though. They they enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Can we call him Giant oh. Vellante? Can we go Giant, Giant Vellante? Is that a thing? Can we get that going? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds impressive, right? It sounds more than you than you know than kind of the way we described him before. Giant, I'm gonna say Giant Vellante. I'll get that. I'll get that. Go, I'll get that going on Twitter. I'll get that going. On Anyone know the story behind Jeremy Stevens calling Giga Chikatse butt cheeks after Giga's recent win? I mean, I would have to say it's the last name, Chikatse. I don't know. I think you figured out the riddle. I, 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 didn't, understand any, I didn't understand that either. <laughs> AK, something tells you you have a, a much better answer than mine. I definitely do not. I was also at the time, I, I will say I was trying to like almost make something in my mind and, and think that there was something better. But then I, I, until I realized it was just a play on his last name. Uh, yeah, guys, that's it. There's no, there's nothing. I hate to use this word to answer this question. There's nothing uh, juicier to the, uh, <laughs> to the question. It is just cheek, cheek, kadze. So, but cheek, kadze. Why are we, I'm so glad that we are we're here. To, I'm so glad we're here to discuss it. And that we have, we have Brendan's, <laughs> We have Brendan's expertise here to address such an important question. So thanks, guys. Thanks for bringing that to when we have such a great guest on. Jeez, Louise. I like it. I like how it says it's butt cheeks like right over your face. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that. <laughs> Open your mind, man. Come on. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, oh, no. That's a bummer. Oh, uh, the break, the breaking news, yes. Breaking news. Misha Serkadov versus Ryan Spann has been removed from December 19th. Undisclosed injury from Serkadov. Yeah. UFC looking to rebook the fight in February. So, all right. That's Mr. a bummer. Guy, uh, Aaron Brunstetter and TSN. Uh, there you go. Breaking that set for our, our, our Canadian scoop. Uh, we've got a question about the lady fight. We haven't talked about that. Sure. De La Rosa versus Santos card takes another hit. Now, does De La Rosa get a decision win? Brandon, I, I gotta say, one of the more surprising perform, and maybe it's just because of how she fought in her UFC debut coming out the Contender Series, but one of the most impressive performances that I've seen, and maybe it was surprising just based on the first fight, Tyler Santos against Molly McCann. That was super impressive. She looked amazing in that fight. And now Montana De La Rosa is going to take this, taking this fight on short notice, about three weeks notice, stepping in to fight a 16 and one fighter. De La Rosa is the ranked fighter heading into this one, but a big opportunity for Tyler Santos. What do you think of that matchup? I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, Montana's really good, but she hasn't shown the ability to, to be among the elite to, to really kind of, match up with the fighters in the top 10 and then thrive against them. Um, but she's just taking care of anybody below her pretty much, you know, or did she lose to Ara Ujo the last time out too? I can't remember she, what happened. There. She, she did. did. Yeah. She, she pretty yeah. handily too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think Montana De La Rosa, there's a lot to like there and she's still really young. Um, so maybe, uh, but I don't know, Tyler Santos and some of these contender series, Brazil, Tyler Santos was from the Contender Series specific Brazil season that we shot in three days or whatever a couple of years ago, I think. And uh, some of those prospects, especially on the women's side, have been really good. Santos is one of them. Uh, Myra Bueno Silva is another one. Uh, the one who had a draw against Calvillo. 
Uh, Marina uh, Rodriguez Maria, is yeah. another one. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, they, there's been several women from that show, and Tyler Santos is one of them. She looks really good. I'm not surprised that she's uh, quite a sizable favorite in this matchup. One thing, AK, I, I want to get your take on this fight as well. well. Even though she she got beat pretty handily, and it was it wasn't like a controversial decision or anything against Viviana Arujo, Montana De La Rosa showed that she's a little more comfortable on the feet. Like normally, she likes to get fights on the ground. She's got that wrestling pedigree. She gets a mm-hmm. lot of submissions, but she wasn't afraid to stand in there and and, and swing them bolos with Viviana Arujo. And Arujo looked great on the feet too. But De La Rosa looks a lot more confident and. Uh, definitely showed improvement in her striking game. How much does that kind of factor into this? And, you know, what do you think of the matchup? Yeah, I think anytime you have a fighter like this, she's not not even six years old. I know she's probably become a bit of a familiar face to uh, UFC fans over the last couple of years. Uh, she did the Ultimate Fighter, and you know she's had a fair share of exposure. So maybe people think um, that she's older and more experienced than she is, but uh, she is. She's not even twenty six yet. So anytime you have, <clears throat> excuse me, anytime you have a fighter like that, between appearances, they can grow so much. And like you said, especially when when they have a fight, even at a loss where they, they kind of say, Oh, I had, you know, I had some success in this department. I, I, now I know how to apply that in a practical way. I can take that back into training and then now take that back into the fight. So I, I do think that aspect of her game is going to keep improving. I think she's already a very fun fighter to watch on the ground. I think she'll have the advantage there um, against Santos. I was, I was, I made to study Santos a little bit more, but I do think De La Rosa has a, maybe the slightly more uh, dangerous submission game. Um, I'm a little, Shocked at the, that uh, looking at the odds, it's like minus 200 uh, at least on, on most sites for Tyler Santos. I think it's a little disrespectful. Uh, De La Rosa has faced a much higher level uh, of competition on her way up. Uh, if you look at um, Santos' record, it's a, it's a little padded with respect to her. It's a little padded. So uh, once again, I'm going, I think I'm going to be my best uh, week, of, best slash worst week of picks yet. I think I'm going with another underdog. <laughs> and uh, I like De La Rosa's chances a lot. So to answer the original question, I think Delarosa might be able to win, like shock people, win by submission, not just decision. Wow! Look at you making the bold predictions. I like it. Don't get, yeah, don't gamble. <laughs> Never don't gamble. gamble. Yeah, De, De, De La Rosa, When I when I talked to her, said that it was kind of an interesting camp for her because before her last fight, she trained at team at Elevation Fight Team. She couldn't go out this time because there was a bunch of COVID nineteen positive tests out there. So. She had to work with Elliot Marshall via Zoom. Like every day she would check in with him and they would work on that. But she stayed at home. She trained with Lauren Murphy a lot for this fight. So, you know, there's worse people to to work with than someone like Lauren Murphy, who's just been surging through this division right now. So it's an interesting fight. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll take take a couple more. Couple more. Let yeah. Brennan get on with his day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of time at home these days. Yeah, right. <laughs> Can Ovin St. Prue make a comeback and have a final run at the title, AK? I, you never say never, certainly, uh, in the UFC. I mean, look, we've had more unlikely. I think maybe Michael Bissing probably still go down as one of our most unlikely uh, veterans, you know, finally making their way to a title. Uh, certainly, you know, if, if the things break the right way for Ovin St. Prue, I, I would definitely bet against it. Um, I, I don't see it happening. Again, I think he's a really talented fighter. I think he's a guy who, when his career is over, he'll, he'll be very proud of it. He's got a lot of good wins in there, the longevity, all the finishes. He might end up with the, the most finishes at, uh, at light heavyweight. I guess he wouldn't be eligible this week, unfortunately, to add to that. Um, but I, I, making a run for the title, I don't know. I think we've had a lot of good 205ers kind of emerge over the last 18 months. Uh, Jimmy Crew, John, Johnny Walker, um, a lot of people I'm forgetting, I'm sure. Uh, um, Yuri Prochka is right up there. So he'd have to get past one of the one or two of those guys to get back to a title fight. It really seems unlikely. And even guys who have kind of other veterans like uh, uh, Grover Cherik, I, I feel like I've outlasted him. Anthony Smith, I think also as well. So I don't know where he fits in. I think he does end up kind of occasionally fighting top ten guys and then uh, fighting these new these up and coming guys like um, uh, Jamal Hill. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but no title fight, I don't I don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I'm going with never say never. I mean, I guess that's like the nice way to say. It. I mean, you never know. We've stranger things have happened, but he's got to beat Jamal Hill before we can have that conversation. You know, but Open St. Prue is one of those guys. Like I remember him in Strike Force. I mean, and and honestly, like I I kind of thought Open St. Prue a, a bit like I saw Anthony Smith in the past. It was like good fighter. You know, he, he, we're gonna see him in the middle of cards a lot. You know, but. I just, but he's what thirty seven. The weight cut thing does kind of scare me. I don't know what's up with that. Uh, I want to, especially coming at nine o'clock. That's just very odd. Just that's just very weird. 
Um, but man, uh, is would Open Saint would Open Saint Prue be the most unlikely UFC champion? I mean, like I, I could say that about Jan. I remember Jan being just a mid tier two hundred five er, and all of a sudden he's champ. So yeah, we'll go. We'll go up. Never say never. How about that? John Blahovich, like Jan Blahovich being champion is just amazing. Like the guy lost four out of five. He lost to Patrick Cummins, and now he's the UFC light heavyweight champion of the world. Like wow. no disrespect to Patrick Cummins, but <laughs> like, but like, yeah, I, if I, anyone became a fan over the last two years, and I told you that Jan Blahovich lost to Patrick Cummins, you'd be like, no, no, he didn't. Are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> when? <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> Uh, Brendan, what do you think? What do you think of uh, OSP's uh, uh, chance of getting another touchdown? I hate to beat a dead horse, but uh, I think you guys covered it. I think it's a never-say-never type of thing. There are fights out there for him to make the rise. Like if he shuts down the prospect and then he fights Jimmy Crute and wins or Ryan Spann or somebody like that or Magomed Ankalaev, like he's fought so many guys, but there's enough guys ahead of them that make sense to match him up. Um to follow up on Casey's point, though, you hop on the scale at 902 and you're two pounds over. Like, It's just a question of motivation. At, the, at his age and this deep into his fight career, is he even thinking that that's the goal? Is he sitting there like, I'm going to do everything I can to get a title and I'm not going to stop until I can? Because you need to have that attitude. Or is your attitude, yeah, I'm going to cash a few more checks because I'm a big enough name. I put on good fights. I'm going to win some. And you know, maybe I won't win them all. But I can still do this. My body feels good. I think to get back to the title fight, it takes that next level dedication in every aspect of everything, plus a bunch of good breaks. And so that, you know, that's where I'll leave it. Yep. Fair yep. enough. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I sorry. I, I just I just can't get over the fact that he missed by what less than two pounds at nine at nine <laughs> o'clock. Because you yeah, that means you're out of the 50k, potentially at 50. And o, and OSP yep. is one of those guys that when he wins fights, he usually wins big. You know, it's usually yeah. a big big left hand or a really impressive submission. Or a so, choke, right. Or, yeah. yeah. And, and, and being so hype on the card, it, in a, it's likely you're going to be in the running for a performance award. And then you, I don't know, it's just, yeah. It's like, the, really? Yeah. There's, a sauna, there's a sauna right yeah. over there? There's, you you two more hours. You two right more hours. Right over there. <laughs> so. But I, I, I think I, he would have. I, I want to make this clear. I've never cut weight, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. I've never, you know, I, I, easy for me to Same. say, go sit in the sauna a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Uh, I think he would have uh, broken, he's tied, I think, with Shogun and John Jones for the most fight night bonuses, so he would have had that record uh, if he got another uh, bonus, but I assume, of course, he'll be he'll be ineligible now, but um, yeah, and tw- uh, 20% also, I think for him, OSP, again, he's been around for a while, that's probably around like $20,000 for Jamal Hill, so that's not a small that's not a small amount <laughs> yeah. of money at all, by the way, uh, to take that penalty. So yeah, like we said, we're sure there'll be a story behind it. Probably coming to uh, probably coming to what the heck? I'm just saying. Like, we, we have a man. We have a man named Mike Heck who gets all the answers. Uh, so watch that show every Thursday. Plug. Okay. So, Thank. Wow. What a guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, before we he- log off, um, let's answer this question. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What would your guys' fighting nicknames be? Oh, God. Mine's already mine's already taken by uh, a, a man fighting on discard. One of the uh, we 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 share the same nickname. It's very awkward. People get confused all the time. Uh, handsome Matt Wyman and handsome Alex Lee. Uh, so I mean, definitely I'm going with the world. <laughs> I, I love those old school boxer like ha- handsome, gorgeous. Like I love those old school boxer names. So I, I would love to have one of those. It'd be really funny. Marvelous. Marvelous, Alex marvelous, Lee. yeah. Pretty, pretty is always good. Pretty, pretty boy, pretty boy. I like it. Sugar, sugar, AK Lee. I like it. Sugar quality again. Quality. <laughs> there you go. Um, Brent, Brandon, do you have you have you ever thought about this? What your fighting nickname I, would be? I usually think more about my walkout song. Yeah, nickname. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear a song and I'm just like, I'd walk out to that. Yep. I, and then I'm like picturing the walk and I'm, you know. For nickname, um, this is super cheesy, and I don't know if I would do it. I almost kind of want somebody else to do it. But 
if you're a rear naked choke specialist and your nickname is the ocean, right? Because they say, don't turn your back on the ocean. Ooh. So you don't turn your back on the ocean. And then it's also, you know, water is this dominant force of life. It covers most of it makes up most of us, covers most of the earth. It's all dom whatever. You don't mess with water. You don't, you don't turn your back on the ocean. And then you could walk out to Led Zeppelin, the ocean, which is also a badass walkout song. That's a whole, so you got that's, that's one. <laughs> that's a whole gimmick. That's a whole gimmick. Brendan the uh, Brendan the Ocean Fitzgerald. Right, but it's also cheesy and bad at the same time. Isn't that MMA? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right, right. And then, oh, since my last name is Fitzgerald, I was like, oh, I could be uh, Fitz the uh, Brendan the Tantrum, and then walk out to Fitz and the Tantrums. There you go. <laughs> Whoa, I, that's a deep cut. I don't. I don't really like. Well, fits in the tantrums that much like they've had a couple of good songs but yeah, that's also not very creative so i don't know what i would do with the nickname um yeah that's i that, that's what i got for you Sorry. brendan, brendan have, down the show. have any have any fighters ever given you a nickname no i mean so many people just, just call me fitzy like mike knows yeah. this living in new england it's just like fitzy is right the, is the thing so can't be brendan fitz fitzgerald that's you know, pretty stupid. So, Could be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like if I didn't go with what the, it's a huge miss. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like Mark Hand of God Beer. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, exactly. Yeah, you just got to roll Mark, through. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole phrase. Yeah, yeah you're putting a whole phrase with yeah. your name. Like when, when I played high school, when I played high school football, my coach didn't call me Mike or heck, he just called me what the. That was it. Hey, what the? Get over here. What the? You're in. Like that's that's what it was. <laughs> That's a little rude. I'll be honest. <laughs> so it happens. She did. Young young man, I think. Casey the truck. The Casey the truck lied. Oh, um, I get called the uh the brawling panda. That's what I Oh, that's great. Yeah, brawling oh, panda. panda. That's God, that's marketing. Have you copyrighted that? No, no, no. I got yeah, I'll go you down, I'll go down to the better. trademark office later today. I say, hey, comments, people don't steal that, all right? The I, say, I know I see the YouTube. Yo, I see the YouTube commenters. Taking that, yeah. Fighting, fighting, being technical and fighting is so boring. You just like, yeah. So coach is always like, Casey, elbows in, stop brawling. I'm like, okay. Can I, uh, Casey? Can I read a comment from the YouTube section? Uh, oh, nickname should... suggestion. Go for, for it for for a fighter. Uh, watch my six six six. Regular commenter says, uh, I want Sumadierji to be the nickname of a boy named Sumadierji. Of course, Ooh, a little man. Johnny Cash, a little Johnny Cash reference. Uh, As I, was, I saw that joke a lot going around after his win on uh, this past weekend. There was a lot of Johnny Cash jokes going around. That's a guy to keep an eye on heading into 2021, for sure. Definitely. A boy named Sumer. I also don't think that he would understand your Johnny Cash jokes. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah, no, that would be – I don't think that translates. That would be, be a tough one to translate. That would be confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Prince of Positivity, don't get it confused with the Prince of War. Jay Steiner. No. Oh, our boy Jay Steiner's in the comments. <laughs> That's him. Regular matchmaker uh, regular extraordinaire. On, regular on to the next one uh, contributor. Yes. Cool. Is that it? I we good? That's it, sir. All right. I like Brandon, the ocean. There's the no, there no top in that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You are the ocean, and I don't know if I'm able to yeah. call you anything else for, for the rest <laughs> of our professional careers at this point after nope. after the way you laid that out, Damn. but. Really uh, listen, I man, I've done that. <laughs> that was so good. I didn't even want to go after that. Yeah, I didn't want to go. <laughs> it was so good. But uh, you're the man, Brennan. I appreciate the time. I know you got a, hey, a podcast. Which is very good. Why don't you plug away on that? And uh, anything yeah. else you got coming up? So I do my podcast, Fitz Nation. Just try to get a guest on each week, a fighter or uh, a broadcaster or a media member or somebody uh, you know in the world of MMA for now, and just. Uh, chat about their life and career for about an hour so that comes out on wednesdays my youtube channel is fitz nation podcast fitz nation and uh thanks for having me on guys this was fun appreciate you being here you can catch brendan thanks, on brendan. the broadcast december 19th the final card of the year oh you, you, get, the, you get the big final card nice I get the big final card that just lost another fight <laughs> 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 there'll, be, there'll, be, there'll be a couple fights left by the 19th don't worry they're like two or three yeah. you know, we're good 
Brendan will be there. there. Okay, <laughs> Brendan will be, be there. No matter, we'll see who no matter who. That's why we show up. Dude, it's the ocean. The ocean is calling the fights, guys. The ocean will be there. December 19th. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we were here and now we're out of here. So for Brendan Fitzgerald, E. Casey Lydon, Alex Kaylee, I am Mike Heck. We'll see you tomorrow night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.